is the 200 level episode 245, Mike Carpenter in the basement late on a Friday evening. I, I don't think I've ever recorded a 200 level this late in the evening. I don't think I've ever recorded a 200 level when I'm probably, I don't know, three drinks deep. But it's just one of those nights, and I might as well be honest, it feels really good to beat Michigan. Now, was it the game that we were expecting? Of course it was not. Uh, this was not at all the uh, high-octane, top-10 matchup that we probably thought when we bought tickets. Case in point, um, my sister and brother-in-law had to get rid of their tickets because they were using another pair that we had. I was fortunately able to sit behind the Michigan basket, so on their side of the court, behind their basket with my friend Kenton, and uh, we had to sell it for underface on StubHub. And maybe that's Omicron, I don't know. But um, this, yeah, it wasn't the game that we thought it was going to be. And you could sense that from the crowd at the State Farm Center, that this was more of a, uh, I don't know, um, it was unusual. You know, for about 35 minutes of game time, this was kind of the antithesis of the game that we thought we were going to get. And a lot of the wind uh, came out of my sails personally when I found out that Hunter Dickinson wasn't going to play. This has become such a fun rivalry. And I, I say fun, and I really do mean that. If I say that I hate Jawan Howard or I hate Michigan, it's the good kind of hate that you should have as a sports fan. If I say that I hate Hunter Dickinson, it's the fact that he's actually embracing this role of being a troll, and I kind of respect that. It makes it more fun, and what it means when you have a rival like, like that is you are relevant again. And considering that Illinois has won, and Isaac sent me and Trevor this step for the game. Before the game, Illinois had won 19 of 20 Big Ten games. Make that 20 of 21. Michigan State, last year, that was the one loss. So from the Iowa win at home on January, I think, 29th of 2021 to now, you have won 20 of 21 Big Ten games. That's remarkable. That's as good as any stretch that I've seen as an Illini basketball fan. And, and what I want to do to cap that off is win a Big Ten title this year. Winning tonight, closing the game at Nebraska, and setting up the game against Purdue is... You're just getting one step closer to this. If you beat Purdue, essentially, you are now in position to go, I don't know, um, if you're 7-0, and you can go 8-5 and the rest of the year and probably still win the Big Ten because I think 15-5 and does it. If I'm looking at the other teams in the mix, specifically Purdue and Michigan State, and I hate to say it, I freaking hate to say it, Wisconsin, I think 15-5 and at least gets you a share. I think this team will do better than 8-5 and down the stretch. This team just wins, and they're doing it, um, as I'm going to name this title, uh, the, the title of this podcast, Trent freaking Frazier. I want to start before we even get to the sponsors with Trent, because what he's doing right now is something I've never seen, specifically playing point guard to the level that he's playing point guard. I mean, the dime that he had tonight, it was about, I think, five minutes left, four and a half minutes left, the dime to Grandison in the corner. Just like the dime he had in DeMonte at Nebraska. That's elite stuff. You know, that's not just, oh, Trent's a pretty good basketball player that's playing over his head. No, Trent is doing elite things right now, and he should be an all-Big Ten player. I mean, if you were to make those teams right now, at worst, he should be a second-team all-Big Ten player. And the stats in Big Ten games would back that up. It's not just an eye test thing that if you look at the Big Ten games specifically, he's averaging a good 14, 15 points a game, six, seven assists a game, and he's your top perimeter defender. He closed the game out tonight like Io did last year. And 
now we have someone we can kind of count on. And it's not just the Trent shooting three-pointers. He went for the poster dunk, and damn it, he was going to get that dunk. Didn't seem like he was going to get that left-handed dunk before he got fouled. And that would have been a moment. Um, But despite that, he had plenty of moments tonight, as did this Illinois team. So I'm buzzing Um, in more ways than one, to be honest, at 10.50 on a Friday evening. I'm buzzing right now because while that was not maybe the game that we expected, the way that Illinois closed that game out, similar to the way they closed out the Nebraska game, gives me every reason to be optimistic that this team is going to find their way to a Big Ten championship. That's the goal. And to be honest, as a fan, of course I want a deep March run. That's what you ultimately remember teams by. But what I said all last year was give me something tangible, and I'll, I'll essentially accept whatever comes. They got the Big Ten tournament title, and as nice as that was, the whole controversy with the Big Ten regular season championship I don't want to say clouded it, but it added this sort of, uh, I don't know, it was a bit of a downer note, and then you lose to Loyola. So that left us wanting. If this team can win a regular season Big Ten championship for the first time since 2005, I'm not going to say that everything's gravy. Like, I don't want a first-round loss in the NCAA tournament, of course, but um, this team will have already found their way into the storied history of Illinois basketball. And I think they can do it. I think it's attainable, and I think Monday will go a long way in deciding who will be the Big Ten champion. Now, before I get too far into this, and there's a lot to talk about and a lot of Twitch messages to get through, got to remind you the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe. Now, you can get a celebratory calzone even at this late time of night by going to dpdoe.com. Custom zones with any topping you want or some of their favorites like the Maui Wowie or the Buffer Zone, all at dpdoe.com. Fourth and Kirby, online at fourthandkirby.com. These guys have vintage-inspired Illini apparel and... For the next two months of basketball season, and hopefully it is a good two, two and a half months, hopefully this team goes deep into March, go to fourthandkirby.com. Plenty of Illini hoop swag, including a new hoodie with an 83-84 Big Ten Champions logo on it. You're going to love it, just like every other thing at fourthandkirby.com. State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. Life, auto, home, business, renters, you name it. Brian is my guy, and he can be your guy at brianismyguy.com. Com. And finally, Rector Construction, online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com for any home exterior project. I know it might be cold right now, but these guys basically do it 12 months a year. So go on to RectorConstruction.com for a free estimate today. Alani Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Twitch stream, folks. We got a good little crew in here, 27 tonight, late on a Friday evening. And I'm just going to kind of hit these up in just a second. Now, a couple of fun vignettes. First off, for the Twitch stream, I have my piece de resistance in my basement studio. I got something this week that I cannot be prouder of. You can see it behind my right shoulder, and it looks like my left shoulder from your vantage point. I got the Simpsons arcade game in my basement studio. This thing is my prized possession. So it's been a good week already. And then Illinois beats Michigan. It's been a great week. And then if we beat Purdue, it will be maybe the best seven-day stretch that I can remember. And I think it's actually quite possible that Illinois beats Purdue. We will close the podcast kind of talking about that game and how I think this game perfectly leads into it. Um, But one more thing that made tonight even better, uh, we're leaving the Southeast lot. And all of a sudden, you know, I see out of the driver's side window i'm on the passenger side in the back seat i see someone that looks familiar and sure enough it's Corey bradford so i turned into a total fanboy and i'm like i lower my window and i'm like Corey, Corey, just like i used to say on 93.5 and apologies for the voice tonight because i was 
saying a few obscenities here and there at the State Farm Center. And uh, he gave me a wave and he was like, hey, hey, Mike. And um, he's been on the podcast before. So, I mean, what what a nice exclamation point on top of this Illini victory to see Corey Bradford, one of my all-time favorite Illini, but quickly becoming one of my favorite all-time Illini is Trent Frazier. And what I want to do is pull up the stat sheet tonight and make sure that I get this right. Um, and this may take me a second here, but what he did in the game goes beyond stats, of course. I mean, this is something that uh, when you consider the fact he's running point and Devonte Jones, I hope he's a one and done. I mean, he was one of the four or five star kids, I think for Michigan, one and done, two and done. He is special. He was guarding Trent full court all night long. And I think part of the reason that Michigan struggled down the stretch is that they didn't, they didn't have their legs under them. They played balls to the wall defense, and <clears throat> Trent had to deal with that all night, and I thought he did so splendidly. The fact that Trent has his legs under him with what he's had to do this year is just remarkable. I, I cannot speak highly enough of this kid, and uh, as I pull up the box score, let's see if I can get this. Good. Okay, it is updated. I'll try to get this full box score here. ESPN. There we go. Okay, Trent Frazier ends up finishing this game and it may take a second, with, of course, Kofi Coburn was your leading scorer with 21 points. I actually thought it was maybe one of Kofi's lesser efforts until the closing stretch where he really did what he had to do. Um, I thought Michigan did about as good as they could have against Kofi. Um, but let's see here. Box score for Trent Frazier. He ends up, <laughs> this is nuts, 34 minutes. I thought that Brad Underwood did a good job spelling him tonight. Trent Frazier finishes 5 of 11 from the field, 2 for 8 from 3, but he hit someone it counted. 6 for 6 from the line, of course. He finishes with 3 rebounds, 7 assists, 3 turnovers, which, you know what? I'll take it. The fact that he was getting defended uh, full court the entire game, I'll take that. And 18 points. Alfonso Plummer, good bounce back game for him. Only 1 for 5 from 3, and I actually think he's due for a bounce back from 3. Like one of those 5 for 8 kind of games, maybe even on Monday. But he finishes with 15 points. Alfonso Plummer played 39 minutes. Stud. He had one turnover, three rebounds, one assist, but that's not really his game. Um, And then Kofi finishes on 33 minutes. 33 minutes of game time, he finishes with 10 boards and 21 points. One block, three turnovers. A little bit uncharacteristic for him. I'm a little bit worried about Kofi because I feel like there might be something physically going on, like his legs are not entirely underneath him right now. I hope that Saturday and Sunday the guys just rest. I mean, is there any need to practice? I think the key thing is being rested and ready for Monday. Off the bench, Coleman Hawkins played 26 minutes. And one point, Yeah, I know not very productive offensively, one turnover. He did have the foul on the three-pointer from Michigan, which was a bit ticky-tack, but he made some contact. The Michigan guy went on to miss two of three, so no big deal there. And he had one board and one assist, but I saw that uh, Underwood was doing a good job of situational substitutions between Hawkins and DeMonte and Grandison late in the game. Omar Payne, good again, and that's key. He had three rebounds in seven minutes, no turnovers. He had only one foul. He had two points. He was two for two from the line. I thought Omar Payne was great in his minutes tonight, so that's very encouraging. And then you get five minutes from Luke Goody. You get a flop warning from R.J. Melendez. Uh, you get Bosnans for Donk for two minutes. Overall, uh, a team effort. The only down spot, I would say, would maybe be DeMonte. He did finish with five points in a late three that was crucial, but he kind of struggled tonight. And Grandison was not himself yet either, only two for five from the field. Maybe not a good matchup for him. I'm not sure. 
but Trent freaking Frazier, the name of this podcast, we're in year five of the Brad Underwood era, and we are seeing right now a program that is at a level like it was in the early 2000s, if we're being honest. Now, has it had the March success yet? Not yet, no. 2020, there was extenuating circumstances which kept you from having an NCAA tournament run, and last year you kind of blew it, right, if we're being honest. This year, you get another opportunity for that, and you are now playing yourself into a good seed yet again. I think the Big Ten champion, at worst, will probably be a two seed. You'll get quality wins, and Illinois will stack them up if they win the Big Ten championship. So I think a two or three seed is within reach for this team. They are a top 15 team nationally, and I think if Corbello can come back in any any capacity, top 10. But Trent Frazier, when he said that he was coming back this year, I remember being excited But even with my most optimistic um, prognostications about what he might do in year five, I could never have imagined this. My whole idea with this team is that they were going to have their success because Andre Curbelo is a superstar point guard and Kofi Coburn is a superstar big man. And that Trent Frazier was a nice veteran guard. Trent Frazier is a superstar right now. And... I will be excited to go onto Twitter after this and see, I'm sure, clips from the Brad Underwood press conference, and he will be singing the praises of Trent Frazier. As I was telling my friend Kenton tonight as we're watching this game, um, I'm so proud of someone I've never met. (laughs) Like I'm proud of him like a son. It's very weird. Maybe it's the uh, 35-year-old in me now that I'm getting older, but this guy came in here. When there was a coaching change, he didn't have to. He was a four-star kid out of Florida. And not not like borderline. He was a four-star kid. He was going to be good right away, and he was. He was a microwave offensively his freshman year. He had the performance in Maui against Gonzaga. We saw all these different signs of the potential superstar. But the program added Io Sumu, added Kofi Coburn, and sort of like Corey Bradford, who I saw tonight, uh, sort of like Corey, he adopted a role. And he embraced it, and he was great at it. Well, now he's adopting the role as the lead dog on this team. And as much as I love Kofi, and as I'm wearing a Kofi's jersey right now, as much as I love Kofi, the story this season has been Trent Frazier, not Kofi. And that's a little bit unfair to Kofi because we assume that he's going to be great. With Trent, we assumed he was going to be good. I don't think any of us assume this. He is etching his name into Alani lore with what he's doing this year playing ridiculous minutes every game and having to do everything. We saw what it was like when DeMonte had to run point. It wasn't good. That's no fault of DeMonte's. He wasn't built to be a point guard for this team. They didn't turn him into one because they never had to. You had Andres Feliz, you had Io DeSumo, you had Trent Frazier. Well, with Curbelo out, you got no choice. Plummer's not a point guard. That's just how it is. But when Trent's in there, we're pretty damn good. And um, I'm just immensely proud. I mean, it's really everything that you could ask for in a college athlete. I'm, I'm just happy that he can actually get some name, image, and likeness money this year because he deserves it from the jerseys and his own T-shirts. He deserves some cash for what he's doing. Um, this guy is really the motor for this team. And I actually have full faith and confidence in this team to win a Big Ten championship because of what Trent is doing. You're 6-0. and you are not 6-0 and if Trent Frazier doesn't play like a superstar. That includes Nebraska, and that includes tonight. This was a one-point game with about six minutes to go. A one-point game. And I didn't want to say it out loud to my friend, you know, but I think we all had the thought, oh, God, 
don't lose this game. Please don't lose this game. Well, they didn't. But the biggest guy you can thank for that is Trent Frazier. Closing time, he was an absolute stud. All right, I want to get to the Twitch stream here and just kind of go down the chat window. I'm sorry that I have not been quite as attentive to that. I said I was going to be, so now let's do it. Okay, so Angelou1959 says, I'm telling you, Frazier jerseys needs need to be in the rafters. Or Frazier's jersey needs to be in the rafters. Probably not going to happen. I mean, uh, he, to me, is in the tier of like a Kawan Garris or a Corey Bradford. Um, he's somewhere in that mix. And I, I do think you need to be very careful in choosing what rafters you put up. They need to be the um, absolute best of the best. But... <laughs> If there was an intangible factor, if there was a narrative factor here, there are few better stories in Illini basketball history than what Trent is doing right now and what he means to this program. So if they were to change the optics of that, or not optics, but the um, whatever measurements they're looking for, qualifications, then yes, I would agree with that because he is on that kind of level right now. Uh, okay, let's see here. Uh, Going to go down the chat window. Alani Brickroll, too much high blood pressure today, but Trent being Trent. Isn't that what it is by this point? Trent is just being Trent. Uh, I count on him now to make big plays defensively and on offense. And it's pretty special to see. You know, I, I the biggest concern I had this year was how are we going to close games? If you think about it, other than Arizona, this team has closed games. Marquette, I'm throwing out the window. No Trent, I believe, right? No Trent or Kofi. That was the Curbelo game where it was just kind of a mess. I mean, doesn't that feel like ancient history right now? I throw that game out. Arizona, you did not close. Plain and simple. Um, that's on this team. That's a marquee win they could have had. And I still think that you would have been on the run that you are now, even if you would have won that game. I'm not necessarily a believer that you had to lose to Arizona to get things right. But regardless, Iowa... Nebraska, and I know Nebraska stinks, trust me, uh, this game right here, you're closing games. And the games that you don't have to close, you're winning by 20 points. So I, I just love the fact that between Trent and everyone else on this team, they're finding ways, uh, finding different ways to win. And that's what last year's team did from late January on. And this team just got a head start on it in terms of the calendar. All right, Kofi, this is according to Bobo, 1389. Kofi has the most games, seven, in the NCAA with 20-plus points and 10-plus rebounds. No surprise, another one tonight. And I say he's not quite himself, and that is because the bar for Kofi is so high. He doesn't have the lift that we're accustomed to with Kofi. He doesn't have the spring in his step, and I'm worried that it's a physical thing. And unfortunately, the schedule doesn't give you many breaks, if any breaks. So you kind of got to weather this storm. Um, tonight we saw even a few passes from him, uncharacteristic for this season, were very misguided. I think there is a heaviness on him right now, physically for sure, and maybe mentally as well. But you know what? All that said, there were a couple things from Kofi tonight. Uh, there was an out-of-bounds play where he got a much-needed two. This was in the second half, maybe eight or seven minutes to go, when you were really kind of struggling to score, and he got an easy bucket. He needed that. There was a possession in the first half where... Kofi got, I think, three or four of his 10 rebounds. And he took it up strong. And man, it wasn't pretty, but he got the and one. And it was just such a man move. It was just, you know, he labored for every bit of it, but he got it. I mean, that's some heroic stuff right there. And, uh, you know, being at the vantage point that we were behind 
the Michigan basket tonight. And actually, now that I think about that, that would have been the second half because they were down by the Illinois bench. I, I looked to my friend Kent and I just shook my head. I mean, what more can he ask for? Kofi's playing his butt off. It's not a question of effort. I'm just worried that physically he's not 100% there. Um, it's Whipple says that we have still not been at full strength for a game this year. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Corbello is a big factor. We saw this when Trent was out. I will be so excited for Corbello to come back and even start just playing eight, nine, ten minutes a game. Don't think it'll be much more than that from the start because he's not probably in game shape. But just to have a guy that can run point and just the fact that when Corbello does come back, he doesn't need to do everything. He will have a specific role to play, and I think he will embrace that. By all accounts and what we see on the bench, he is still the great team player that he always was, and I think that it will be a fairly seamless transition to him coming back in this lineup. Essentially, that gives Trent a break, a much-needed break. I don't know if any human could sustain what Trent is doing right now for the rest of the season, so we need to get him back. And I agree, Bobo. Got to give Michigan credit, uh, though they double and triple teamed Kofi tonight. Let's start with Michigan real quick. I thought they played incredible defense tonight. You know, from a text thread with uh, friends and some conversations I heard around me, you know, there was a growing frustration in the State Farm Center tonight that, well, why aren't we blowing them out? And eventually he won by 15 or whatever. So it looks like a better, or I should say a more decisive win than it really was. That was a close game for 35 minutes. It was a scarily close game, if scarily is a word. I don't think it is. But I got to give credit to some the Michigan's defense. Devontae Jones, I could not get over how good he was tonight. He's a bulldog. And is he the freshman or is he the transfer? And Twitch feed helped me out here because they had a great recruiting class and then they had the stud transfer. And for some reason, something got kind of crossed my wires and I can't 100% remember which one it is. And I'm sure one of you guys will help me out here. But good God, he's the transfer. Jesus, that makes a lot more sense. I kept saying to my friend, I think he's the really good true freshman. And it was blowing my mind how much he played like a veteran. A total bulldog out there. I think he was by far the best player in the court for Michigan. I think that they are still a team that can find their way to the NCAA tournament. Not just saying that because they played Illinois close. I think maybe that break might have been good for them. Uh, I, I thought of anything, the COVID legs would ultimately proved to be their downfall tonight. It just took a lot longer than I thought it would be. I do think fatigue is a reason Michigan lost by that much. And we saw them miss shot after shot late. And even Devontae Jones, he just couldn't keep guys in front of him eventually. But God dang, was he good. Um, let's see what else we got here on the Twitch feed. Okay, from Bobo as well. Underwood just said in the press conference that Plummer passed up four or five threes and he needs to get him shooting those again. You know, it's tricky because Plummer's doing really good shooting the two. You know, he's taking it to the rim. He's getting fouled. He's making free throws. I go back to the Minnesota game as an, <clears throat> as an example of when he was able to use that, um, that ability to get to the rim to his benefit. But I agree. You know, he's an elite shooter. I think we will see that on Monday. I, I think he's, as my good friend Harry Black always hated when we said, he's due. I do think Plummer is due for one of those shooting nights or shooting mornings, I should say. Monday at 11 a.m. Uh, you know, right now it's hard to imagine at 9.30 on Monday being super pumped for a game, but after tonight, uh, I'll, I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, let's see here. Okay, Alana Brickroll says that Trent's family was there. That's pretty cool. That's a pretty good game for them to come to all the way from Florida. 
Um, from Angelou, 1959, Frazier and Kawan Jer- Garris jerseys need to go up in the rafters. You know, Kawan, I thought, was the one guy that should have been up there with all the others. You know, he didn't have the NCAA tournament success, though neither did Deion Thomas. But I really do think Kawan is maybe the most underappreciated alumni of all time. You don't hear his name nearly as much as you should. And, of course, I have a nostalgia for him growing up in the Kawan Garris era. But, um, yeah, I would agree the Kawan needs to be up there. Trent might be a stretch, but I think depending on how the season ends, let's say, let's just say they make a Final Four, right? Let's say they make a deep tournament run. They win a Big Ten championship. They make a Final Four. You bet your asses jerseys in the rafters. You bet. Um, Because Kofi's is going to be there. I think Trent would be the only other guy on this roster that would have a chance at that. And, well, I say that. Curbelo's on the roster too, but this has been such a weird year for him that we're kind of waiting to see how the rest of that career goes. Um, You know, it's Whipple. You mentioned Coleman Hawkins. And I mentioned him a bit earlier, but didn't spend a lot of time. You said that you thought he changed the game coming in on both ends. I think it was a good night for him. You know, um, overall... He did not step the stat sheet, but I like that he has adopted this role off the bench. He is a tweener. You know, he's this four that can play like a point guard, a point forward sometimes, as we saw early in the season. And against a small lineup, I guess he could play the five in spot minutes, but he's a tweener and he's also raw. But what I am appreciating from Coleman is that really since the Missouri game, he is adopting this off the bench thing and, and doing a pretty damn good job. So, yes, I would agree. Uh, Coleman Hawkins, maybe not the game changer, but I do think that the minutes he gave you were valuable, especially because DeMonte, I think, might have been one of your weaker links tonight. Uh, too many fouls, not the signature DeMonte defense, yeah, just not his usual efficient self. Even when DeMonte doesn't score, he's usually efficient, um, at least defensively. I, I didn't get that tonight from DeMonte, and I hope that he bounces back soon. Wizzy says 100% buying a Trent Fraser jersey and hanging it from the rafters of my apartment. Hey, that that is fine and, and more than worthy of what Trent's doing. Uh, let's see here. Bobo, let's see. You saw me standing up. Okay, so here's the thing. Uh, we got these two tickets. Uh, my parents have been to the iPhone for a long time, so they got a ticket order form, and we were behind the Michigan basket. Was I on TV for quite a bit? Um, and and is is this Bobo was I on TV for quite a bit? Cause we were in the back row and the great thing about being in the back row of that lower level is that you can stand up all game. And we did. Um, I sat down at halftime. I sat down during timeouts, but I wasn't blocking anyone's view. And yes, that was me in this Jersey and all in the all white. And we will be on the other side by the Illinois basket on Monday. So it was a cool vantage point. You know, you see the speed of the game, and the physicality, you know, there were a lot more fouls called in the first half than the second half. Though, you know, you, you look at the second half, they could have called plenty more fouls. If anything, they were kind of inconsistent. I don't think the physicality changed. I think that both teams were just kind of beating the crap out of each other. And I love that. I really do. I mean, if anything, I can't sit here and say that Michigan is soft or, you know, no, they played their ass off tonight. I think that Illinois, for all by all accounts, did not play their most efficient game, but I don't think effort was a part of the problem for Illinois. Apart from, I will say this, first five or six minutes, there were some second chance opportunities Michigan got um, that were a little bothersome. But for the most part, I think it was two teams playing hard and Michigan was just undermanned and eventually you hit enough shots. You closed the game out. Um, But yeah, I mean, seriously, kudos to Michigan. I, I can't believe that, not that they won me over, Michigan never will. I hate them in a good way. I hate them in a good way. 
but I respect what they did tonight. I thought that was a really good performance, and I got to give Juwan credit. He had him ready. You know, I mean, and I think if anything for Michigan, when they find out Hunter Dickinson's out, there is absolutely zero pressure. And then on Illinois' side, oh, man, Hunter's not playing? Well, okay, let's kick their ass. Well, it's not always that easy. So all in all, a good night for both teams, I think. Um, And it just so happens we won by 15. I'll take that. Okay, what else here? Um, (laughs) Alani Brickwell says the announcers weren't great. Now, do you guys happen to know who were the announcers tonight? Uh, Because it was FS1. Bobo agrees with that. Any tree that picked me, Bobo? Nice. Okay, so I was on TV tonight. Excellent. Very nice. I was hoping that this all white would stick out. Um, The crowd, the atmosphere. It is much different when there's a full orange crush there for sure. You know, the people around me, they were fine. But as you guys saw on the TV screen, I was standing up the entire game. They weren't standing up much at all. A little bit too much on their phones and stuff. It's like, why didn't you pregame harder and get that venom going that you need for a late Friday night game? I did. I mean, I played some Simpsons Arcade and I had a nice drink and then we went to the game and had another drink of the game. I was ready to go, you know, and um, there are some people that you think, why you probably spent big money on this ticket. So why aren't you here ready to kick some ass? I was ready to kick some ass and um, there were still enough fans that did. I think the big moment in the second half is when Kofi got the dunk. That got people going again. And then you just close that thing out. The Kofi dunk was really crucial. And um, I, I, was ke- I was trying to get video, and I finally got a stretch. I was trying to get video on my phone when Illinois went up eight late in the second half. And it felt like, okay, we're about to blow the doors off of him. And I shot a video, and Michigan scored. Damn it. Okay. Because I wanted to get a, a, a stop and a score to get the wh- whole scope of the State Farm Center going nuts. I did the next possession. Michigan scored. Back to six. Ugh, okay. Finally, the next possession, and back to Whipple. I think you were talking about Coleman Hawkins. Coleman helps you get a steal. You go back down. Trent goes in for an and one layup. Place goes bananas. Timeout on the floor, and that was a great... I was able to get this really cool shot on my phone of the place going nuts. And, you know, it, there's this sort of um, this feeling, and I was talking to my friend Kenton about this on the way out. This is a feeling I have not had in 17, 18 years. You know, 04, 05, of course, is the peak of it. And that went into 06, to be quite honest, when James and D were still here. The sense of invincibility. And it's amazing how long it takes to build a culture for a program. If you go back to Underwood's first two years and really the first half of his third year, we as fans still thought, oh, God. In crunch time, we're going to blow it. And then in the last two and a half years, it's the complete opposite. We think they're going to close out and they're going to win the game. And when you go to these home games, if anything else happens, it's shocking. That takes me back to the early 2000s where you expect to win at home. Don't even get me started on the road. We've never won at this clip on the road, ever, over a two or three season stretch. It's pretty incredible. So... This is a program that is very healthy right now. And I I love the fact that we can enjoy the immediacy of this and enjoy the fact that this team is a top 15, potentially top 10 team in the country. They can win a Big Ten championship. They can make a run in March, especially if Corbello can come back and play a role in this team. And that even after some crucial guys go, we might take a step back, but you still feel pretty confident that you will be in the mix 
for a long time. And uh, that is credit to Brad Underwood. As I was kind of, you know, reflecting on uh, this game on the way back, on the ride back, I thought, man, what a hire that's been. I mean, it's been a dynamite hire for Josh Whitman. And I think sometimes our expectations of Illinois basketball are so high that we're just like, yeah, well, Brad Underwood, you're just doing the job that you should have done, right? This is what we are as Illinois basketball without taking into account how much he had to overhaul and rebuild. I don't give enough credit to Brad Underwood. I don't. The record speaks for itself. They've won 20 of 21 Big Ten games. That's absolute insanity. Okay, uh, let's see here. Old school Red Hill says announcers were good, and it's Whipple says they were horrendous, at least in my opinion. It was Brian and Dean. Okay, so Angelou uh, synced up the WDWS feed. And let's see here. Wow, okay. It's Whipple says that according to Brad Sturdy, uh, Pods is putting up shots in the State Farm Center. Pajemski is developing this reputation for being the first guy on the court and then the last guy to leave the gym. Good to see him get some minutes tonight. Uh, He looks the part. Clearly, he's the hardest worker on the team. So I hope it works out because you will need some jumps from him and Goody and Melendez next year if you're going to be good. I think it will happen. I think it will, at least from a couple of them. Yeah, and Bobo mentions, you know, Pods dives on the floor at the end of the game. And then you get the possession. So it's just everything, right? I I know it wasn't pretty for a good chunk of that game. But what matters is you won. And not only did you win, you won by 15 freaking points. I mean, just like the Nebraska game, you blink and all of a sudden, Michigan called the timeout, I think, with two and a half or three to go. And when I looked up at the scoreboard, I was almost shocked to see that we were up 11. I I thought we were up eight, nine, no, 11. Um, It's just what this team does. It's just what they're doing right now. And uh, this leads into our final discussion of the night. Purdue. Twitch friends, how are you feeling about Purdue? I I feel pretty good. I actually think that the way that the schedule sets up is good for the Purdue game. If anything, you don't need to practice between now and Monday. Purdue played tonight as well. Now, granted, their game was a little bit easier than yours. They played Nebraska, and I doubt that they expended as much energy. Nebraska was not pressing Jaden Ivey for 40 minutes in the entire game, just like uh, Devontae Jones was against Trent Frazier. Again, I can't get over Devontae Jones. Seeing seeing the effort that he was putting up close, I mean, I'm glad that, uh, and I'm assuming Twitch feed helped me out again. I'm assuming this is a one-year guy. If so, I feel much better. Kind of like a Chandi Brown last year, but Devontae Jones is doing a lot more special things. 30 minutes, okay, so I ate a baby. Thank you, I ate a baby. Great name. <laughs> um... <laughs> I think I know who this is. 30 minutes, 17 points, eight rebounds. I didn't realize he had eight rebounds as well, but it makes sense. Um, okay, as I look at the Solani Kara, not my wife, but another Kara, um, says, I think they'll be better prepared knowing he will be playing for sure. Yeah, um, there might be something to that in this Michigan game. I would first have much rather have Hunter Dickinson be out there tonight. Uh for obvious reasons. I, I mean, I think you still would have won. I think that that actually would have been, I don't want to say a better matchup for Kofi, but you would have played more like the game that you thought you were going to play. And then Michigan was able to just say, nah, here's some other random dudes, and we're going to play small. We're going to play fast. Michigan and all the guards they were throwing at you were able to kind of disrupt you um, on defense. And then offensively, they were able to kind of slash here and there, and they only had two assists at halftime. 
But a lot of that is because what they were doing is they were attacking the rim and getting the shots themselves. So I thought that all things considered, I would have rather have had the matchup we thought with Hunter Dickinson out there. Um, but I'll still take it, right? And by the way, I might have mentioned this earlier in the podcast. We have not a damn thing to apologize for. Io DeSumo didn't play last year, and you smoked him. Boo-hoo, Hunter Dickinson didn't play. It happens. Sorry. What I also don't understand, and me and my friend Kenton were talking about this, is if this were a COVID thing, that he's not playing because of COVID. <clears throat> well, he's on the bench. He wasn't wearing a mask. So what the hell is it? Now, maybe you guys have found on Twitter what it was. I'm not entirely sure. Um, Kerpnos, yes, I was in the student section tonight on the um, Michigan side. And yeah, I'll, I'll get that tweet out. And was it Bobo? I think you sent the picture of me on Twitter. So I'll, I'll get that out and be like, hey, Ma, I was on TV. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And I'll be on the other side, on the Illinois side on Monday. Um, but yeah, let's talk Purdue before we get out of here and before my voice entirely leaves me. I mean, actually, as I'm going to do this real quick, cheers, everybody. This is my whiskey and uh, Diet Coke, which I think is much deserved after this game. I'm not going to sleep for a while. The beauty is a three-day weekend I can sleep in, except we cannot really sleep in on Monday because it's an 11 a.m. tip. I'm not going to complain. Um, this is going to be a first, though. Even an 11 a.m. tip on a Saturday or Sunday would feel early, but a Monday, even though it is a holiday for many people, that's going to be kind of unique. And I love the way this sets up. I think for one, you're a good matchup against Purdue anyways. Trent Frazier on Jaden Ivey. Cool. And actually, Jaden Ivey is a bit of a bigger guard. So if that means that you get some DeMonte on him for a little bit, if that means that even a Coleman Hawkins, and I know that seems kind of random, but if you need to disrupt Jaden Ivey and just give him a different look, I think you could see Coleman in there for spot minutes on defense. But you fight fire with fire because you got Kofi against Edie and Travion Williams. And here's what makes me feel best of all. And this might sound very random and very much being a prisoner of the moment. That's two good games in a row from Omar Payne. Omar is doing what we could have hoped he would do coming into this season. Once we knew Kofi was coming back, we were just asking Omar to be a defender, a rim protector, rebound, don't make mistakes, and get a garbage bucket or two. He's doing that. And by the way, Trevor and Isaac and I were talking on the Tuesday podcast. He's got a pretty decent stroke from the free throw line. He was two for two tonight. And he, it was on our hoop on our side when he shot it. Good touch. I hope that with some development, he can turn into a pretty damn good player because you can't teach size and you can't teach athleticism. And he has both of those. So I think the matchup in the front court, that's a wash. At worst, and, and I'm waiting for that Kofi moment. Like, if you think about it, there was Coloco of Arizona. He gave Kofi problems. I think Travion Williams might give Kofi more pro problems than Edie. I don't know how good Edie's going to be on Monday. And here's the thing with Purdue as well. Never at any given time are there two best players on the court. You know, I don't know if they played Edie and Travion Williams together at the same time. I'm saying they're the two best players. Maybe I should say most impactful. Because as good as Jaden Ivey is, um, you just can't grow a, a Zach Edie or a Travion Williams on trees. Those guys just don't exist. But there is a key thing for Purdue, and that is, I think it's Stefanovic, if I'm saying that correctly. When that guy gets hot, it's a different team. 
you have DeMonte, you have Coleman Hawkins, you shut him down. You let Trent do the majority of the work on Jaden Ivey. And then in the front court, you got Kofi and Omar Payne against their two guys. Then it, what it really comes down to is Plummer and Grandison making some threes. I think you can do that against Purdue. I think you do that against Purdue. And if you win, ladies and gentlemen, you're 7-0. and You're 7-0 and in the Big Ten. And no reason to think that you were not going to win the damn Big Ten championship at that point. So, yeah, it's a big game. Just a little bit. It's a big game, and uh, I'm feeling pretty optimistic about it. Okay, let's see here. Wow, from Bobo. Michigan finished with five assists total. Five. Trent Frazier had seven. <laughs> um, and, yeah, stamina and conditioning, you said, Bobo. So that must have been a bad case of COVID for him. I take no joy in it. You know, I would have rather he played in this game. But like I said, while I take no joy in it, don't feel bad. And it's not like you won by a point. You won by 15. I think that even if Hunter plays, you still win by 9 or 10. I mean, this was a Michigan team that it was bad timing. Well, no, it wasn't actually because they get to actually avoid the Michigan State and Purdue games. Um, But there is no such thing as good timing with COVID either. So um, I think we saw that they were just fatigued. By the way, doesn't your Minnesota win look better? It's a shame that Minnesota didn't close out at Michigan State. And that would have been nice. They were that close. And then Michigan State, there was a travel that they had on that last play. And that's a little bit frustrating. But um, that win at Minnesota doesn't look all that bad now. It didn't look bad then. But now you kind of get it legitimized with Minnesota finally going on the road and competing against a really good team. So Minnesota's probably a middle-tier Big Ten team. You smoked them. While I know Illinois doesn't have that marquee win yet, I don't think that means that they aren't a marquee team, potentially. And that's where Monday comes in. And let's get it done. Um, Okay, we've been on the air now for the Twitch stream for 46 minutes. You guys got a great three or four minutes of me setting up the studio. Isn't that exciting? Uh, For the podcast itself, we're coming up on 43 minutes. And my voice is starting to fade a little bit. Uh, Twitch stream, anything else from you folks? I I appreciate you hanging out this late on a Friday evening. I'm uh, guessing that you guys are buzzing just like I am. Uh, Let's see here if I'm missing anything. Okay, so old school Red Hill. This is intriguing to me. Bardo was originally slated but pulled for what he calls a long story. Interesting. Maybe a COVID-related thing. It's everywhere right now. Um, By the way, for those going to the game on Monday that have not been to a game, the vaccine check is super... Super simple. I mean, they got a couple people at each door. You just got it on your phone, show it to them. Um, I would say that maybe 50% of people were in masks. Because I because I don't want to be out of school for 10 days, I wore my N95 mask throughout the game. I just it's more it's more that if I got it, it would be a pain in the ass. So I want to try to avoid it. And also don't want to get my wife sick with it either. So I, I don't want to be the spreader. So yes, I was one of those rule followers and I kept my mask on Uh, and that's maybe why my voice is like it is because when you got a mask on and you're trying to make noise and you're trying to you know spew obscenities at Jawan Howard you really got to project okay before we get out of here um (laughs) well hey twitch feed thank you guys for hanging out with me tonight you know this is kind of impromptu but after a game like that had to do a post game and uh, we're buzzing tonight, and I'm going to be up for a while longer and probably going on Twitter and perusing the press conference videos and all that stuff. And then finding that picture of me on the TV feed. I was glad I was on television 
And uh, you guys, hey, you, if you saw me, I was standing up the entire game. You got to be. We beat Michigan. And I know this wasn't the case for 35 minutes, but the final score would indicate you kind of kicked their ass. Took you a while, but you did. And Trent freaking Frazier. I cannot say that enough. You know, we try to come up with pun titles on this podcast, but nah, screw the pun. You know, just like after the Maryland game, we said Kofi freaking Coburn. And for good reason. Tonight, it's Trent freaking Frazier. And not the last moment Trent's going to have this year. Just a special player and an all-time Illini. Whether or not his jersey gets put in the rafters or not, he is building quite the legacy for himself. And the kind of legacy that anytime he comes back, he's going to get the kind of hero's welcome that those guys that do have their jerseys in the rafters get when they come back. All right, um, Alana Kara. Hey, your husband's name is Mike, named Mike as well. So this might be a bizarro Mike and Kara situation here, but um, I appreciate that, Kara, for you tuning in tonight and for the rest of you on Twitch. Time to wind down. Uh, just a quick reminder, DP Doe, uh, online at dpdoe.com. Get a celebratory calzone. They're open late. I think they might be open until like 2 a.m. So it's not too late. You can re-watch the Twitch feed and have a calzone dpdo.com fourthandkirby.com uh for all your vintage inspired alani apparel at fourthandkirby.com rector construction r-e-c-t-o-r construction.com for all your home exterior projects and finally brian is my guy that's brian hansen my state firm agent he can be your state firm agent at brian is my guy.com all right hey i gotta say for being a couple uh well couple three drinks deep and now ready to have my nightcap i think i did okay tonight did i sound fairly coherent um, a couple more ums and hums than I usually do on this podcast, but it is very stream of consciousness, and there was a, a lot to process after that big win, and it is a big win. Don't let Hunter Dickinson's absence fool you. Illinois beats Michigan. They're 6-0 and in the Big Ten, and Monday awaits. <sighs> if we win that, <laughs> oh, oh, my God. And what's funny is the AP poll is going to come out midway through, so we'll jump up a few spots. And then if we happen to beat Purdue, we're going to spend an entire week essentially knowing that we're more like the 11th or 12th ranked team in the country, not, I would assume, you know, 21st or something when the polls come out on Monday, basically at halftime. But that's going to be a special opportunity for this team and for Brad Underwood's program to really put themselves in the driver's seat to win this Big Ten championship. Keep in mind, you don't go to Wisconsin this year, so that's a leg up on them. You get Michigan State twice. I think you split against them. No big deal. Maybe you win twice. I don't know. But you do control your own destiny. And at 7-0, it is difficult to imagine a team that's playing at the level of Illinois right now not getting the record they need to hoist a banner. So it's a good night. Enjoy the rest of it. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll see you on Monday and hopefully for a celebratory postgame pod. It is the 200 level. Please.